Thanks for joining me on the Meg Ellison Show. I sincerely appreciate you tuning in. As always, if you've missed any of the four and a half hours of programming gold, you can always go out to WSAU.com. And every single word (laughs) uttered on the station is podcasted. All right. Well, maybe not. Well, only the on-air stuff. (laughs) I am delighted, again, that you have tuned in this morning. My guest, Adam Schwarzy, retired Navy SEAL officer in the United States Marine. Gosh, one of the greatest guests ever. Adam, do you like the music? Are you an Aussie fan? You never fail to impress. All right. Well, you know what? I'm digging deep. (laughs) I actually, you know, just a little, uh, just between the two of us, no one else, you know, no one else can hear, possibly hear this. I I Googled 80s metal rock. And so I got a couple of of ideas. I mean, you know, I'm, I like, I mean, I love 80s music, of course, but not, uh, you know, I'm not as much a metal fan, but when I play any of the songs I play uh, in honor of you are always songs that I rock out too so anyway thanks thanks for that thanks for the inspiration yeah all right so wanted to wanted to get your take on well i mean there's a a lot of directions we could go but uh, i would imagine you have an opinion on the well the disaster at our nation's border and the uh signaling of governors like uh florida or not florida we'll get to him but um of Texas yeah, Governor, Greg, of Greg, yeah, well, Texas uh, Governor Greg Abbott and his, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I just his, his, you know, I don't even know why we have to characterize it as his bold move to take his border into his own hands, seeing that the federal government isn't going to step up. But I mean, I guess the idea that Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has pledged that, and well, actually sent troops to National Guard troops yep. to uh, and Texas. South Dakota. Yes, yes, Christy Nome. And yep. so I, I guess what I'm curious about is is that, uh, well, I mean, do, do you believe that the our nation, and I mean the citizens, the voting citizens of the United States will be looking at this and saying, okay, um, perhaps it's time for a, a, you know, it's time for a change in this country. I mean, are you optimistic about winning in November so that we can see some relief in this country? Uh, I just, I'm, I'm a true data person and, you know, it's not officially president Biden. It's not officially former president Trump on the ticket, but you know, depending on the day of the week, it's flip a coin on, on which one would become elected. And, And that truly scares me is that a president that is doing this bad and really every lane of effort that is the federal government could even, you know, possibly be reelected. That's that's truly scary. And 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 again, he's a depreciating asset. He's, you know, almost ninety years old. It's only going to get worse. And God forbid he takes a tumble down the stairs. His backup uh, has the worst approval rating in the history of that position. Um, but to, to your point, I think that it's it's we need to really change our platform as the GOP uh, as a conservative. If we're going to get across the, the aisle to, to, to win, you know, the large, you know, the by and large, the majority of the American populace are independent. They're in the middle. They don't play for they don't have a jersey on either side of the team. And I think, you know, your question that the immigration is one thing that's causing that middle ground, those independents to take concern to to realize that we're not probably in, in a good spot. Gosh, you know, 
I'm jotting things down that you say because, I mean, perhaps this is military terms. We got to hang out more often, but love the way that you so very graciously refer to Joe Biden as a depreciating asset. <laughs> That's got to be a military yeah. term, right? No, I mean, if you buy a house, uh, I mean, Joe Biden is like a 200-year house that wasn't maintained. Uh, <laughs> needs a new roof. Or, needs... or, actually, sorry, I have, I have a much better analogy. Uh, President Biden was a new car, you know, 80 years ago, but he was a lemon, and he just was never sold and kicked, you know, sold off because people, he was on the Foreign Relations Committee as a senator, but he's always had terrible foreign policy. People don't understand because, you know, like we talked about about a month or six months ago when we first started our, our friendship, people just generally don't care about foreign policy because it doesn't really affect Americans. This administration has been so bad that everybody is now in tune to why foreign policy matters. But this is not a new thing that President Biden has been egregious. He's been terrible his entire career. Um, it's just it's highlighted now because, you know, of the predicament we're in. So he's a Chevy Nova. Yeah, but like a Chevy Nova that was like wired backwards or something. It, it's it's wild that, I mean, again, people, most of the people on your, your radio station, they're, they're probably like us, they're conservatives, they're a little more pragmatic, but, you know, people don't realize he used to plagiarize all of his speeches. Um, he used to like, you know, talk off on people saying that he was the top five of his law school. He was smarter than everybody. He was the bottom, like, he was the bottom person who like, graduated. His, I mean, he was, he's been a bottom of the barrel person his entire life. Um, he just happened to, you know, serve in the Senate since he was like 28 or 30 years old. And, you know, and once you get in, that, that's, that's, the, that's part of our, our problem. Is once people get into the system, it's created to keep people in place. 93% of incumbent congressmen get reelected. I think it's even higher for, for Senate. Well, and I guess, you know, there's a, there's a case right there for term limits. And, and I mean, I, you know, I would concur that, uh, although I have to say, <clears throat> excuse me, in, 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 let's, let's make some, some comparisons uh, to, from, uh, well, to, between Minnesota and, and Wisconsin and some of what, I guess, ails us here in the conservative movement is, is that, you know, I don't think that there is unity within the Republican Party. You nailed Party. it. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Meg, you, I think that is the most pressing issue with our party holistically. And you just said it in the most succinct way, unity. The Democrats play really, really good team basketball. I mean, they go into a locker room and they come out and you wouldn't even know what was said. The problem is, you know, use a different analogy. If we're if we're you know in a boat race like a crew or in the, in the SEAL community going through the SEAL train, we roll these like little boats together, which you know paddle around you know Coronado Island in, in California to pass Hell Week. You know, the Democrats are lock and step paddling. They are crushing it. The problem is they're they're paddling their boat out to the middle of the ocean, and our and our country doesn't realize that you know we're we're there. This is not sustainable. If if, if they got everything passed that they wanted our nation would fall rather quickly. You know, we have the opposite problem in the Republican parties. We are all about independence. We're all about, you know, liberty, you know, our own choices. But when we don't get our way, we pick up our basketball and we go home. You know, and I've seen that time and time again. That's why Minnesota hasn't won a statewide election, I think, since 2016, is we have this mentality where if you don't align with me and our, my values and my principles 100%, well, then I'm not going to support you. You're a rhino. I'm going home. And you see what's happened. Like you talked about earlier, we've got no statewide elections. We've got no, uh, you know, court justices in the Minnesota Supreme Court. 
and we continue to fail because we think that you're either with us or you're against us, and there's no uh, there's no room for 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 any kind of gray area, and that's just low level thinking. And I think too, honestly, Meg, sadly, I think nationally we play like that too. If you look at Congress, you know we have the ones that represent their districts well, uh, like a Matt Gates who who certainly is crushing it for his district, and all the people that are you know voted to oust McCarthy, they're representing their districts. I'm not hating on them, you know, doing what they believe is their 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 diligence in Congress, but that was very um, dangerous to do when we have two open wars and it hasn't gotten better with the new speaker. You know, we ousted, you know, McCarthy because, you know, people call him rhino, not hard enough to the paint. Johnson is doing the same thing when it comes to trying to, you know, coalesce our, our team and get budgets and get our government, you know, you know, keep it running. Now they're going after him. We do a terrible job at supporting each other as a party. And, you know, I think that's just a recipe for continued failure as a party. Gosh, it's like you're, you're singing my song. It's like you're my twin. Um, you, you know, and I think, Adam, what, what is particularly frustrating, and I talk about this often, is how there are many, and I, I'm going to characterize them. I actually talked with a, well, I'll just say an elected official yesterday, on, yesterday last night, and, and I said, you know what bothers me is there, there are these people that call themselves patriots, and he said, oh, you mean fake triots? And I said, "Yeah, actually, that's probably more, you know, a more um, accurate way to describe them because they spend more of their energy criticizing, complaining about Republicans yeah. than they do Democrats." And I mean, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll give you an example. I don't know if this is this is you know this news cycle has made it to your uh, to Minnesota. But there is a group of, and, and I'm really loving the new term, fake triots, that have decided that they are going to blame all of, uh, all of the egregious things, frankly, that Democrats have done in this state on the Republican Speaker of the Assembly. And so uh, they have tried unsuccessfully to unseat him a number of times, and his, his district has continued to vote for him. And he has a rock-solid conservative record, uh, high CPAC rating. Uh, he is uh, one of the longest-serving uh, members of the Assembly in our state, and he is a master at strategy and uh, fundraising. And so what they would That's like that. to do is blow up the Republican legislature and and then evidently do what happened in, um, in Washington— and replace him with someone who has no experience in leadership. And yeah, that that is a very scary vignette, mm -hmm. and they they do the same thing in Minnesota. You know, the chairman uh, hand of the MNGOP, they call him weak, and they, he does such a thankless job with nothing. And I'm not in the ground, you know, in the weeds on you know the the dynamics of, of everything that's going on, probably as much as I should be. But I think of this person who's truly a patriot. I mean, the man served in Vietnam, um, you know, as, as, a, as a war fighter, and he's done nothing but try to embolden candidates with, you know, he's almost like the Marine Corps, you know, trying to push two two-by-fours together to, to make a house because <laughs> we have no money in the Minnesota GOP. And they just come after him after every cycle because we're not winning elections. But um, nobody wants to look inward into what they did to support. They just look at their specific candidates 
for their ideology, and if they don't get a, a 100% of what they want, they, they go home. I mean, yeah. you know, let's, let's quote the Rolling Stones. Sometimes you don't get what you want, you get what you need. Like, we need to recognize that or we're just continue to fail. Oh, my gosh. What a what a great analogy. You know, and I, I'm often reminded and often quote him, Ronald Reagan, the person who agrees with you 80% of the time, is a friend and an ally, not a 20% gosh. traitor. And it's just, yeah. you, you know, like... Take some advice from the Gipper, for God's sakes, yeah. you know, and, and it, it is it's it's difficult. And, you know, I guess I don't know. I guess we can commiserate uh, about the dysfunction of the, you know, those that I, presumably I guess they vote Republican. But we can't even be guaranteed of that because these are the same people that would probably uh, just stay home and not vote if they don't get 100 percent of what they want. Yeah, that, that's exactly what happens. They certainly they become all active and they do like a lot of work to you know develop this activist base for these very hardline candidates. Which again, I'm not saying I don't agree with. You know, I'm a Marine and a Navy SEAL. I have a you know 300 blackout. Two A is very near to near and dear to my heart. I'm adopted. You know, so you know, getting women to choose life is obviously very you know near and dear to my heart. I, I, I'm a Adopted. I'm only alive because my mom made the the, the right decision. No pun intended. Um, but but in Minnesota, like take a cue. Like that is not going to be a winning platform. It, it's nationally that's not a winning platform. We need to talk about things that get people from the middle to be okay. I am I am in, included in this party, and then we need to you know it really starts with to be succinct. We need to unify our own party because we're doing a damn poor job of it, and that's really a leadership issue. Um, and then and then we can work, work on, you know, coalescing our, our nation and our and our districts. But we can't do that if we're not playing, if we're not unifying our party first. Amen. You know, and it's interesting you use the word work. I, I, I'll just say that a lot of these people, they uh, they don't do an awful lot of work. They're not. And I mean, I've established relationships with many of the county Republican County Party chairs throughout the state and. What they're reporting to me is that these are not the people that want to roll up their sleeves and uh, do doors for local candidates even, or even help to recruit local candidates or, or, or do something productive, something that advances the conservative cause. They would rather be stuck. And, and, and frankly, many of these people, and I don't know if you see this as well, Adam, is they are still trapped in 2020. I, I 100% agree. It's, it's like they haven't gotten past it. We're, we're the party of grievances. I would submit that the GOP right now is still largely a party of grievances, and for good reason, right? I mean, there are a lot. There are a lot of people. There certainly was some fraud in the uh, in the general election of 2020. I personally don't think it was enough to overturn a, an election that was lost by multiple states, and every state has its own way of doing elections. So that would have been a very difficult process. Uh, but people, there are people that believe that. And then on the on the tail end of that, we have an administration now, which is the most egregious and uh, a terrible uh, presidential administration in, in my lifetime, certainly. And so people are upset that they didn't get the, the president they want. But it still takes leadership to look inward and say, we need to leave that in the past because nobody wants to join a team of grievances. I do, I, you know, I talk to people in Minnesota, I'm like, you know, they have all these, these, these parties, but they're not parties. They're just a bunch of people coming together to bitch about the administration, to bitch about how things are. There's no like, hey, let's go together and let's go work out together or let's go shooting together or let's go 
to let's go to a college campus and talk about you know why we need to do better economically and how that affects your edu- like there's no upbeat there's no light all let's it do is a food is, drive is, for you know yeah the hungry. Oh, exactly or, oh, great or, or, or something or, that brings some positive 100 yeah. meg or or let's let's do something positive for women who are find themselves in with an unplanned pregnancy let's let's figure yeah. out a way to to you know do an outreach for for them you know what i will say and then i gotta let you go but um and you know i want you to comment on this but if if the dems had truly mastered the art of cheating don't you think that they are brazen enough to steal every single election and i mean united states senator ron johnson won a statewide race uh in 2022 if the Democrats had, as I said, mastered the art of election fraud, do you think that they would have allowed that to happen? No, I, I think the Democrats, again, they play really good team ball. They maximize the extent of the laws. And certainly there was some fraudulent. There was some collusion, some steal and that happens every election. But I think that was a very small percentage. Whereas, you know, if you look at just the, the our, our talking points of the team, we, you know, the Republicans said, don't don't absentee vote, don't vote early, only show up day of. And that is such a terrible thing when they're playing to the full extent, to the widest set of rules. Right. We play to the narrowest set of rules. As a Republican, as a conservative, I would take ballots, do exactly what they do, take them to, to nursing homes, take them to VFW, take them to Legion. Like, hey, we need to register to vote early. We need to vote, you know, absentee. Then if you've already voted absentee, bring your friends to vote day of. Like we need to play across the spectrum instead of being so narrow because clearly that's not winning. Gosh, Adam Schwarzy, you are, it was a delight to talk with you again today. Look forward to our next conversation. We'll set that up. I know our listeners again really enjoy uh, hearing from you and keep up uh, the great work. I mean, keep you know, keep staying tough in in Minnesota, the state of I don't know, the state of craziness at this point. But uh, grateful uh, for your time this morning. Hope you have a wonderful day. We'll chat again soon. Thanks, Mike. Have a great day. Thanks. Going to the ten o'clock news, followed by my next guest this morning is, and uh, you know what? I have a really bad memory. I will share with you in just a moment. Investigative journalist from the Epic Times, Joe Hanneman, will be joining me after, uh, and we'll be discussing January 6th after this break on the Meg Ellison Show on WSAU.